listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Mike, we are going to toss wrestling knowledge around as if that knowledge was dressed up in some sort of black outfit with some straps across its chest, and its name was Liv Morgan. That's the kind of tossing around we're going to be doing on this show today. And she got tossed around. Our wow. I've never, I don't think I've reacted to something like that so viscerally where I was just like, oh my goodness, like, is she dead? And yeah, I know she got her arms up. But they did a good job of making it look like her head just went off that glass. It was absolutely yeah. incredible. We're going to get into Elimination Chamber, the national stuff. We have a top 10 workers right now, wrestlers out there right now, who do the Chicago wrestling scene. You've compiled the list. We're going to go through that in this show. But before we get to any of that, my friend, what is going on right here in Chicagoland for Windy City Slam? Okay, a couple of events from over the weekend real quick I'll touch on. Uh, freelance wrestling had a sold out logan square auditorium their show was called lucky punks on friday night march the 6th the main event was robert ego anthony and the returning craig mitchell in a number one contenders match for kylie ray's freelance championship it was a big schmoz match ended up being a draw and then they came out and said at the next show it's going to be kylie ray defending that title against both ego and mitchell in a three-way match we've had a lot of that go on this weekend too there was another promotion they kind of had a draw or a double pin that ends up in a three-way for a title, too. But this is an intergender match, too, then, right? Yeah. It's inter- so she's going to take yeah. on two guys? Yeah. She does it all the time. At some point, does it become unrealistic, though? I mean, like, two dudes. Like, I get it if you get, like, a really good female wrestler, but she's going to take on two. It's, it's I a, just watched Braun Strowman argument. unable to take out, like, and Braun Strowman couldn't take out three subpar wrestlers the other night. And, and like, I'm supposed to believe that a female wrestler could take on a do a two-on-one handicap, essentially? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, especially in the local scene, you get a lot of those type of matches. You have six-man scrambles where the sixth person's a woman. I mean, I've seen that at another show last year. I mean, they're, they're holding their own. I mean, they're booking them to, to hold their own and, and be competitive. I mean, they, they tell pretty good stories with a lot of these matches. And Kylie's a very sympathetic figure. I mean, she's very bubbly and beloved. And we'll obviously get more into Kylie a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, I, I, people really dig that type of stuff around here. Awesome. What well, else? Also on that same show, uh, our, our buddy GPA won a six-man scramble for the number one contenders match for the Freelance Legacy Championship. Now, he's also the Freelance Underground Champion, too. So he's, he's actually done a lot of good stuff the last couple of years. And finally, the Take It Home Wreckers is the name of this tag team. They won the tag team titles at, at Freelance in a gauntlet match. Uh, and, and during that match, the Space Pirates were dethroned. So I don't know if Space Monkey's still injured or they just decided to take the titles off of him. And also one other event real quick I'm going to touch upon. I know there are several really good shows, but these are the ones I have notes on right now. POW Entertainment Slam Fest in Fox Lake on Saturday night. Their main event saw the outlaw Dave Storm defeat Christopher St. Michael in a last stand standing match. And then their tag team titles changed hands as well. Joey CC and Joey Ariola became the new POW Tag Team Champions by defeating Dr. Jeff Luxon and Dave Rydell. Let's get into what happened 
at Elimination Chamber. You want to do that first? Yeah, let's talk do, a little bit about that. Let's do the chamber. Okay, we they really put over Shayna Baszler. Um, I would have liked more if Becky Lynch was almost mortified when they went and looked at her backstage mm-hmm. instead of just sitting there nodding with a smile on her face. Yeah, because that was a little weird when the rest of us are like, "Holy cow!" Just, Some of the bumps that were taken in that Natalia let herself just be destroyed mm-hmm. and 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 Liv Morgan became a rag doll and I told you before we turned on the the microphones that she went from being a professional wrestler into a horror movie victim yeah like she had that look on her face like she was being murdered in one of these slasher films I, how does her character even come back from that because that was brutal what happened to her out there gonna take some rebuilding for sure i mean i actually thought her character was starting to get a little bit of momentum because she went over lana a couple times in that silly storyline with lana rusev bobby lashley and her but yeah i mean she she really got her her butt whipped in that cage and uh, my buddy jay and i were commenting and like oh my god and he showed it two or three more times and he couldn't even look a second time i'm like oh my god she have a concussion is she dead i mean crazy how Shayna was just ragdolling everybody and even made Asuka pass out at the end to win the match. Well, what was interesting about the match, and like, again, I always like to just pull back the curtain and kind of look at things that are going on. What was interesting about that match was all the moves were really violent, but if you think about it, it makes it very easy for each one of those performers to work out the violent move. When it comes to me, this is what we're going to do. When it mm-hmm. comes to me, this is what we're going to do. I mean, if you look real close, and I rewatched that match, if you look real close, every time the door's about to shut, that Natalia makes a quick move real quick to change whether or not it's going to hit her in the face or not, and they screwed up on one of the camera angles, and you only see it on one of the hits. Otherwise, you would have thought she was getting hit square in the face the entire time. I had to watch it three times before I realized that Liv got her arm up in between her head and the plexiglass. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but I mean, like you, re- they did a good job of making it look really violent. And it was a spectacular match. Like I said, one of those things that made me sitting on the couch go, oh my God. I, like I just, I, I had no other reaction but that. I'd stop. I just like my jaw was on the ground when Liv Morgan's head went off the glass. It was amazing. Yeah. I was worried for uh, well-being there. And yeah, I think overall that match, Shayna Baszler got put over. I was a little worried coming in because there were reports that Vince McMahon was souring on her character, souring on her push a little bit. So I'm like, oh God, what are they going to do now? And it turns out that she dominated the match. She eliminated everybody. So she's going on to WrestleMania to face Becky Lynch. I did not like the tag team elimination chamber. I didn't like it because I felt like it slowed down too much at certain times. Mm-hmm. I also saw way too many botches. Like it was a botch fest and I can't figure it out whether or not it's normal, certain things that happen, or whether or not, how about this? Let's do the segment. Explain this to me like I'm a noob. Mike, I'm watching this thing. Weird camera angle because of the cage. They had they had cameramen at all four corners or at two corners, and they were rotating inside the cage or outside the cage. But it was like they had one that wasn't at the same level. It had it was closer, but it was at a higher level, so it was overlooking at a different angle than what they're normally used to doing. So 
is it normal what I saw? Does this actually happen in a match, but I don't normally see it on TV? Or is is were there a lot of botches? I saw when the, the Lucha guys were on the ground. There was a move that was going to happen. I literally watched one of them when he's supposed to be unconscious inch himself two inches. To, I mean, like he moved mm-hmm. himself yeah. to get ready for the move. I never noticed that in other events. Okay. I saw Kofi Kingston clearly miss on a kick. I saw something going on with John Morrison's equipment that was his his foot. And as many times as he tried to, I think he thought he was out of the shot. He was off to the sides trying to fix his shoe. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if he was really in that intensive a moment, he wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Were those things b- because of the weird camera angle of the cage? Or was that a botch fest? I think maybe a little bit of both. And uh, generally speaking, I will see a botch here, a botch there. But uh, I think you probably saw more botches than I did from first watch of that match. Yeah, I really noticed a lot of them. Yeah. I saw a lot of really weird things that happen. I also, I mean, like, like I get it that, like, sometimes the guy that's getting his butt kicked is, as part of the move, mm-hmm. has to assist the other person to make the move look good. Exactly. But there was a point where somebody was climbing up on top of, like, one of those plexiglass rooms, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the guy who's supposed to be half unconscious laying against the thing, I saw him grab the guy by the arm and help him pull him up. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like these were things that I don't know if the wrestlers realized that because of the camera angle... Things were getting picked up that didn't normally get picked up in a match. That's that was my impression. Either otherwise, it was really sloppy, and that's what I can't figure out. Yeah, WWE production usually does a great job of avoiding those types of situations. Uh, kind of masks anything like that. Like it seemed to always be on that like that mm-hmm. steady camera that they had that was a little bit higher up in the cage. It was yeah. almost like they had a camera mounted, and so they weren't able to move it. You know, and so that was I. That was the thing that I got. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Maybe the angle did kind of uh, throw some of the wrestlers off as well in terms of okay, maybe we're not on camera, but they actually were. Right. You know. Right. One exactly. Of those production things that, uh, since Kevin Dunn and the guys in the truck probably don't use that camera that often, so maybe you know there are a couple of instances where, like you said, the guy moved when he shouldn't have moved to position himself better for a splash or something like that. Right. So. Okay. Back to the Shayna Baszler thing. Okay. With Becky Lynch, what do you think is going to happen in terms of the type of match? Because what that elimination chamber showed me was that she's equi- I equate her to being a Lesnar or a Goldberg mm-hmm. type of person, where she's either going to squash you or she's going to get beat, but it's going to be quick. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're going to see? We're not. I don't think we're going to see a long a long match with these two, right? I kind of disagree. I think this could be a 10 or 15 minute match where they're going to like fight all over the place. It's, it's going to be a crazy brawl. Um, I can't really tell you who's going to win yet. Cause I don't really have a feel for it. It might be Shayna because she has a lot of momentum, but then again, Becky's been champion for almost a year. So well, I, it would make sense to take it off for them. Yeah. Right. You can't have the same you, you champion could, forever. You could. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they want to build it up. Shayna was just champion at NXT for over 400 days before she lost. So yeah, there is a precedent for like a long reigning champion, and she went over a year on her second reign of NXT Women's Champion. Okay, so I can totally see Becky squeezing it out and maybe making it a longer kind of program. Any other things that stuck out to you? Back to the tag team chamber, uh, Miz and Morrison retained the titles, and guess who took the pin again? And he's been taking a lot of pins lately, and it's Kofi Kingston. Yeah, and not a lot of people are saying a lot about it. I think this might be part of a grander storyline for Kofi. As you know, he's kind of fallen from grace um, after losing the Lesnar like in eight seconds and losing the title. Now he's been losing a lot in tag matches. Uh, he's been losing to like all different people, even in singles matches. 
So where does Kofi go from here? And where does the New Day go from here? It'd be interesting to see. I they're think, not the dominant forces they used to be. Yeah. You know, there's totally. certain... There, I, I watched a lot of that last night and thought to myself, I for some reason, I was having a lot of flashbacks to what guys were like a few years earlier. And it might be because WWE is doing a lot of programming right now to remind you of that. They've got the ruthless aggression thing yep. that they're doing, but then they also really put out an FCW, which was really good, doc, which was really cool on the network. It was really, and notice how much they put Drew McIntyre into that. Can yeah. you even imagine two years ago he would have even been featured at all? Yeah, barely. But they, they, yeah. They're just building him up because his moment is coming in WrestleMania, I believe. But good point. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at these things, and what do you have? You have Daniel Bryan like right up at the beginning. And in my mind, I'm watching his competition and I'm thinking to myself, like, Daniel Bryan would destroy this guy. And like, now all of a sudden, this is a match. Yeah, Drew you know? Gulak. Yeah. Right. It, it, right. I mean, just... I like Drew Gulak. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I mean, he, as he's been perceived, he shouldn't be up to the caliber of Daniel Bryan. That's, that's WWE booking. But, you know, I thought it was a, a pretty solid match. Well, it almost feels like, like Marvel characters. And this is what popped into my mind after watching the what happened last night, and then especially at the end with Elimination Chamber, with the women's Elimination Chamber. Marvel characters, I've read that they sit down and they figure out, okay, this guy could beat this guy, this guy could beat this guy, this guy could beat this guy, this guy could beat this guy in this certain type of situation. Like, the actual Marvel Studios have figured this all out so that they never, like, put somebody over that would not make any sense three movies later. I feel like WWE booking needs to start figuring that out, right? And maybe they need to look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> and one more thing real quick from uh, Chamber before we go on to AEW Dynamite. Uh, Alistair Black defeated AJ Styles in a pretty good match. It was kind of a schmoz with a lot of interference. No, I think he was a no DQ because people going in and out of the ring the whole match. Undertaker came out, attacked AJ, and that's what led Alistair getting the pin. Obviously, now we're going to see... At some point, AJ come out and challenge Undertaker for WrestleMania. So I then what happens to Alistair? Is he just done before he won't have a WrestleMania match or he'll end up with something? Like, I would, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if this became now the Undertaker taking Alistair Black under his wing? Because the Undertaker has to be getting close at some point to complete retirement. And Black could at least fit underneath that motif. That's what I would like I to see I like happen. that idea, actually. And especially know? since he got the win here, too. Right. He I got think the he can win. Move that Undertaker yes. helped him. I would just love to see this continue. Where Even if Aleister Black is, is ringside with The Undertaker and the other, you know, and, and the OC is out there with, with AJ, like, in, Aleister should be involved in some way, I think. Yeah, I think it might happen. Uh, I want to switch over to AEW Dynamite real Let's quick. Let's do AEW Dynamite. Yeah, Jake the Snake Roberts. I know. WWE Hall of Famer it's comes amazing. out. It's amazing. So he comes out and uh, uh, confronts Cody Rhodes in the middle of the ring, and Jake's like, you're whining and bitching about losing to that guy, which was MJF, obviously. And then Jake is kind of calling him Caesar, and he says he wants Cody's piece of the pie in AEW. And the talk is that Jake's bringing in somebody to face Cody and beat him. My question is, who's that guy? It could be Luke Harper slash Brody Lee, which I think would be a perfect fit. That makes sense for the the motif of Jake the Snake. Because he's dark. Jake's dark, obviously. Or it could be Lance Archer, who is a kind of a crazy big guy who just kicks everybody's ass. But I think it's going to be more Brody Lee. That's my prediction. And Jake... He still has it on the mic, even after 20 years of being away from like a lot of in-ring stuff. The guy is amazing. Great delivery. Who is going to really, in the end, do you think, become the main challenge? Because it seemed like several people right now could end up becoming the main challenger 
for the title. For Moxley, For yes. Moxley. Who is it really going to be, do you think? Well, it, there were certainly some hints from MJF during his segment backstage with Wardlow that he wants to be that guy. I mean, he has the win over Cody now. It's a very credible victory, even though he cheated. Uh, he beat a big name. So maybe the next line of progression for Moxley is MJF. Although Moxley got beat up by the inner circle at the end of um, Dynamite this week. So I think maybe that's going to continue for another few weeks. And then eventually MJF rises up to be the next challenger, maybe for double or nothing. But AEW does this thing that is unique to them that WWE or anybody else really doesn't really do is that they actually keep stats on their wrestlers. Yeah, they do. And MJF is only one and oh, so it really isn't the number one contender because they actually put out who's the number one contender. Yeah, they have He's got to work yes. his way up the list, doesn't he? I mean, that's probably like a long term storyline for him. Yeah, he could be inserted in the next week or two. I mean, it's going to take a while. I mean, right? it, could, it could be a few months down the line. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, maybe he uh, faces somebody else, um, maybe somebody else from the elite, maybe like a Kenny Omega or one of the Bucks or or somebody like that who's kind of held in high regard. So, and if he beats them, then maybe, okay, this is time to have MJF challenge. But you're, you're right about that. They keep the records. It's, it's very sports-like in that respect. Although sometimes some of the contenders don't have as good records either. So it's... You know, you never know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> Switching over to SmackDown, I, I'm now sold on The Fiend versus John Cena, and it's the silliest thing. Why are you sold on this? The silliest thing. Uh, Firefly Funhouse uh-huh. was on SmackDown, and they went to the Firehouse, obviously Bray's talking, and then Ramblin' Rabbit comes on and basically says, you know, WrestleMania 30, that was, that was your downfall, the start of your downfall when Cena beat him. I'm like, okay, now we have the reason why maybe the fiend's coming after cena and it took a puppet instead of like pointing at a sign the week before it took a puppet to tell us that and i'm like okay now i'm sold i think this is going to work and and it's it has to work with the fiend winning the fiend has to go over this time because if he doesn't then i, I think it's done when you watch the fcw thing mm-hmm. that was one of the things that stuck out to me they were talking about promos and they had all these old early videos of all those all these guys when they were in florida championship wrestling when they were coming along and Bray was doing his character. Yeah. And and he and they were talking about how great he is on the mic. When you think about how long he had built that original Bray Wyatt yes. character for the WWE to build him almost to the top and then crush it. And then he has to come up with a completely different character. You're right. They've got to put him over at this point. Otherwise, it's just so insulting. I mean, it, it, it insults the fan base, it insults your wrestler. It's it's it's, it's silly. I can't imagine Cena not putting him over. I think he puts him over. It's time. It's time. And then real quick on Raw, before we get into our uh, big top 10 list, Raw, the main thing that I took from that was Randy Orton RKOing Beth Phoenix at the end of that show. I mean, it's going to adding more fuel to the fire for him and Edge at WrestleMania. Well, you know, and that's the other crazy thing. You want complete and total heat on Randy Orton in this Mm -hmm. one, right? And he's got it. But people were chanting RKO before he he RKO'd her because people wanted to see him RKO Beth Phoenix. Yeah, Like he did get a smattering of cheers off of it. And that, that, that's got to be like, that's got to be a little frustrating for him because he doesn't yeah. want anybody to cheer there. Yeah, he people, wants he wants to be just terrible. Yeah. Some people still love Randy and they love the move. I yeah. mean, the, the, the out of nowhere aspect of that, the the quickness, the suddenness of the move that that that's part of uh, what people like about him. We have 10 minutes left and you have a top 10 list for me. Yeah, we Last rock. week, I asked you to give me the top 10 performers that come in here to Chicago. They're either exclusive to the Chicago scene or they work it 
a ton. They're regulars. They pop in when they're even a part of something else. Mm -hmm. They pop in and you can find them in Chicago because I wanted to know if somebody heard of an event coming up with one of these names, is it worth going out and seeing them? So you've come up with a top 10 list. We're going to count this down from 10 until one. Who is your 10th best right now, Mike Pankow? Okay, I'm listing Gringo Loco. He's an 18-year veteran. He's versatile. He appears at multiple promotions. He's the golly Lucha Libre champion, and he works the Lucha style very well. So he's he's often traveling to Mexico to work with them, and they have a lot of Lucha Libre in the Chicago area. So he works very well with that. He's number number 10. Now, what does he appear on here in Chicago? Uh, golly Lucha Libre, obviously. He does a lot of freelance now. He's going to be coming to freelance. Uh, uh, AAW, actually, he's built to be coming on their show coming up. And he also does quite a few Warrior shows. So he does do a lot of different shows. And he's your, I would imagine, your basic lucha wrestler. A lot of off the ropes, a lot of, a lot of crazy yeah, stuff, he wearing does, a mask. Just the flippy stuff. Yes. Uh, he doesn't have a mask, actually. Oh, really? He's Gringo Loco. Oh. So he's, he's, a, he's the white oh, guy he's without the mask. Yeah. Ah, I got that. Yeah. And he's Gringo. But, I totally yes. get it now. Yes. All right. Very but good. Who's number cool. nine? Number nine is Marche Rocket. I love this guy ever since the first time I saw him back in 2014. Uh, he's been a longtime veteran in the local area, worked over several different promotions. He's been a multi-time champion. Earlier in his career, he was more of a like a high flyer, but now he's more of a power guy, even though he does still incorporate some of the high flying because he's bulked up a bit over the years. His finish is like, it's called an M80, but it's like an RKO or a diamond cutter. Babyface or is... He's done both. Okay. He's done both babyface and heel, depending on where he's at. What's he doing right now? Uh, Well, I think he just switches between the two. uh, Depending. uh, Depending on what promotion, (laughs) what storyline he's in. Yeah. All right. Who is number eight on your list? uh, Speaking of a guy who goes one way, and that's GPA. He's one of the best heels in the area. He's cocky. He's pretentious. He, like I said, he's the freelance underground champion. He's also the number one contender to the freelance uh, wrestling legacy championship. Uh, he pulls a lot of victories by nefarious means, sneaky pins, stuff like that. It's a cool dude outside the ring, but he's one of the best heels in the area, and people just love to flip him off, give him the bird, and boom. I've heard you talk about him before. Yes. Okay, so... If I want to go and find him, what's my best bet? Where do I find him? Uh, freelance and Freelance Underground are his, probably his two biggest promotions that he does in Chicago. Is he a guy who eventually you think is going to move on to bigger and better things? Uh, he could. I mean, he, he, I just saw him post on his Facebook earlier today that he's still working toward getting a little bit of a bigger opportunity. So we'll see what happens. Very interesting. All yep. right. We move along with number seven. Number seven, the ice pick, Vic Capri. Longtime local guy. He's the current Chicago-style wrestling champion. He was recently the POW Entertainment Champion. He's kind of a mostly serious wrestler, although he's kind of shown a goofy side lately in Berwyn Championship Wrestling. But he, he reminds me a lot of a Lance Storm or a Chris Benoit in terms of his style, kind of a hard-hitting, ground-based, you know, maybe a little bit of high-flying. But yeah, solid worker, a guy I really like. He's been around for two decades. Um, I really like Vic Capri at number seven. And number six is? Number six is a guy that goes by Jesus Bryce or Bryce Benjamin, depending on which promotion he's in. He works several of the Chicago circuits. He has multiple characters, which is crazy. Two well, names, multiple characters. Yeah. He does uh, this like dark character in the following where he's, he's got like these um, contacts in his eyes and wears this like weird mask coming into the ring. Very evil, very dark. And then he'll do this character at other shows where like, he's this one sexy mofo and he starts dancing with women in the crowd and stuff like that. Really versatile guy, really good. And he's also a high-level trainer at Freelance Academy. What is he best at? Of all of his characters, what's his best one? I think the following character, the dark character, actually. 
Is that the one you think that, it, that, that he should? I mean, like, I always wonder myself, like, yeah, it must be cool to have a bunch of different characters. But, I mean, at some point, you probably want to latch on to one and, like, push it, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So that's the one you would think he should do. Yeah, I think he's having fun doing all of them. But, uh, yeah, that's the one I think he should do. And I've actually asked him at under, Freelance Underground a couple weeks ago, uh, do, were you a Papa Shango fan? He said, yes, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, that's I kind of see that character drawing from that. We're moving into the top five now. Yeah. This is big stuff here. The top five area wrestlers, people you could see in Chicagoland. Speaking of Jekyll and Hyde, Egotistico Fantastico slash Robert Ego Anthes. I knew this guy was going to be on your list. Yeah. Uh, I, could guess, I can guess maybe the rest <laughs> of your list. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's very versatile. He wrestles multiple styles. He's been in the business for 15 to 20 years. He's very selfless in the ring, too. He'll put younger talent over. He's a guy that, 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 that's been in WWE's and extra. He's done enhancement matches for them. He was in developmental a long time ago. He was Velveteen Dream's first TV match, actually, for NXT years ago when they filmed in Chicago, which was interesting. Great guy. I've heard nothing bad about him. He's supposedly now the booker at Berman Championship Wrestling. And in fact, there's this thing with Sean Spears in AEW where he wanted to tag team partner. And he's actually on the list for being a, a potential tag team partner for Sean Spears and AEW. So we'll see where that goes. What do you think happened? Did he ever talk about it with you? Or do you have any inkling of why all of a sudden he like, I mean, it seems like he got close to WWE, but didn't get there. Yeah, it was a while back over a decade ago. At some point, I do want to have him for an interview to kind of maybe dig a little deeper. He seems into like he'd that. be very interesting based upon all the things you've yeah, told me about him. So he's got a lot of stories. I we'll think. have to get him on Windy City Slam. All right, number four. Sammy Callahan um, works AAW a lot. He's a three-time AAW champion. Probably had one of the best years of the last, um, like, best calendar year as a heel. He's the former Impact Wrestling champion. He's really, really good in the ring. People like his heel shtick. I have Sammy at number four. The top three now. We have the top three wrestlers in Chicagoland right now. Well, who is number three? Yeah, these are guys that kind of work not all, like in Chicago sometimes, but yeah, somewhat regularly. Brian Cage is number three. He was the Warrior Wrestling Champion for over a year. He had to give up the title because of a bicep injury. He's been the main guy in all their shows. He didn't wrestle in their last show because of the injury. But yeah, he had the best year of his career last year. He was also the Impact Wrestling Champion for several months. And as a ring-ring worker, he's very versatile. He does the power stuff, but he could also move around. He can do monkey flips. He can do uh, high-flying moves off the rope, too. Really, really versatile character, Brian So this Cage. is somebody, like, you, you hear this name, you definitely want to make sure you get a chance to go out and see Brian Cage. He might be in AEW soon once his injury. Very, very interesting. Okay, up. number two. Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray. Kylie Ray is number two. Beloved performer, like I said, she's the current freelance champion. Last week, she won the Black Label Pro Midwest Championship. She does a lot of the intergender matches. Think Bailey, but maybe with a like good girl Bailey. Baby Back when Bailey, Bailey was like hugging yes. people. Okay. Yeah. Think Bailey, but with a little bit more of an edge once she gets into the ring. Because outside the ring, she's all goofy, high energy, running around, posing for the crowd. She does this little pose when she slides in the ring. But when that match starts, you know, she has a little bit more of an edge, very versatile in the ring, um, really good at what she does. Had that brief run with AEW before she ended up leaving for personal reasons. I think at some point she can get up to that level again. In fact, she was at an Impact show last weekend, so that could be an inkling of her future. But when if you get a chance to go see Kylie Ray, whether it's against another woman or a man, do it. 
I can guess who number one is. Yeah, you can. I I mean, like, I already know who number (laughs) one is. It's amazing. You put two female wrestlers at the top of your list. I did. All right, Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard's number one. Number one. Yep. Hot ticket. Number one attraction in Chicagoland right now, according to Mike Pankow on Windy City Slam. Why? She is the Warrior Wrestling Champion. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world, period. She works against men and 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 women. women. Yep. One of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, she works against men and women, which is unbelievably awesome. Uh, she also has done, in the area, she's done some Shimmer shows, which is an all-women's promotion. She's done some Rye shows, which is mostly women. And then Zello Pro in the past as well. So she does have a good Chicago area history behind her. And recently, more is the Warrior Wrestling Women's Champion. So, yeah. I why mean, Why is the one of the best wrestlers in the world, not on one of the premier programs yet. I just think maybe. Are you seeing something that others aren't seeing or is this, is there some other reason behind it? Um, There were like reports of like issues, like maybe immaturity issues, but again, those are just reports. I don't believe them. You know, people. You've met her, right? Yeah. I've met her. She's really nice. I mean, she's amazing. I've talked to her on a few occasions. She's done. I've been on media calls with her where she's been very respectful and very nice. And um, she usually appears with her uh, fiance Daga at Warrior Wrestling at the VIP shows. And she's nothing but good to me. Nothing but good to every fan I've seen. You know, I think sometimes people were scared off by those reports. Maybe I can totally see her in WWE or AEW in the next couple of years. If for when, when and if their impact contract runs out, it would be exciting to see. It would be also exciting to have her here on windy city slam, uh, based upon how much you've talked about her over the past, uh, I don't know, six months as we were developing this and getting it all set up and going. I, 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 she's on the top of my list. All right, let's uh minute and a half. I can give you 90 seconds or so. Why don't we rattle off what's going on coming up this week? Okay. Ring of Honor's 18th anniversary show is Friday night, March the 13th. That's on pay-per-view. Roosh defends his newly won Ring of Honor title against Mark Haskins. Friday night, here locally, Chicago-style wrestling in Franklin Park. Rhino will appear. Plus, Vic Capri defends his title against Marche Rocket. Saturday night. Two guys on your list fighting yes, each other. Yes, go see that show. Where's it? Which one is that? What's uh, that show? It's Chicago style wrestling in Franklin Park. They've got Rhino and they've got two guys on your top ten list. Yeah, Vic Capri, Marche Rock. Well, there you go. Should be good. That's why we have the list. Yep. And then Freelance Underground Saturday night at Church Street Brewery, Itasca. GPA defends his Freelance Underground title against Nick Gage. Plus this tag match you should go see Kylie Ray and Laney Luck against Jesus Bryce and Elena Black of the following. So two, two women people in that one as well. Yeah. Two women against a man and a woman on the other side. So very interesting. And then obviously Saturday night, we're going on to Berwyn, Berwyn Championship Wrestling Spring Fling at the Berwyn Ingalls Club and the Outlawed Saints against Bryce Benjamin and Acid Jazz for the BCW Tag Team titles. Also check out Mr. Kate and Kale Kendra. Northern Lights Saturday and Godly, Rough Crossing, and EJ Jensen there. And then Sunday night, Evolve comes to town. Evolve 148, Logan Square Auditorium, the Josh Briggs Open Challenge, four-way match for the Evolve Championship. Josh Briggs, Alex Zane, Blake Christian, and Dan the Dad. A lot of names up and coming there that you might see in a top 10 list at some point. Plus, you have meet and greets with the NXT stars Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Mia Yim. So that's going to be a big show as well. Really interesting that you put out a top 10 list of the top 10 Chicagoland wrestlers right now for Windy City Slam. And then you just announced 
two shows that were going on that had multiples from that list inside mm-hmm. of those shows. Yes. That, that, that is really incredible. Great show just for that content because I think that's awesome. And it gives a great idea to people in the area like this is these are the people I got to go see. And uh, this is where I can go and see them. Mike Pankow, as always, giving you the best he possibly can. How, how long did you work on the show today? Uh, I did two hours of prep for it. Wow. And the show's already over. Yep. Wow. Do you feel empty? Yeah, I kind of do now. It's like, it's like it's like cooking a meal and then eating it like in 20 minutes. Or 30 in this case. All right. We're back next week. Windy City Slam podcast can be found everywhere that podcasts can be found. And always at WindyCitySlam.com. Rest in peace. This my name. I love